We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to the CFB Nation All-America podcast presented by Twisted Tea. I'm Bill Troji, senior editor at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, our national college football writer at SportingNews.com. Thank you to everyone for listening to this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And for those of you watching on our YouTube channel at CFB Nation, thank you to Irish Breakdown, your source for Notre Dame football information they have a tremendous lineup of podcasts and great stories at irishbreakdown.com. You can follow Bill on Twitter at BillBender92. You can follow me at Bill Trochi. And keep an eye on the main sporting news account at Sporting News. So we are week, uh, the countdown to week zero is zero, Bill. It is week zero. <laughs> so this thing in January, it was in the mid 30s. And now uh, the countdown is zero. Welcome in. Yep, that's that's a good thing. You know, I'm not like I told you, I'm not. You know, countdowns are what they are. I'm, I'm, you know, it's week zero. We're in mode now. Now I do the countdown the other way. It's week fifteen weeks till college football playoff is selected. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's exciting. You know, we'll get into it. We have obviously have all uh, all of our predictions and those kind of things. So uh, let's have some fun with it. Who was it last year that kicked off the week zero? I think it was Nebraska, maybe. And I think nope. you shared the story that you were maybe out with yeah, your family um, somewhere and there was a kickoff and you said, okay. Yep, my life's over. Like, that's my what life I said. is over. Yep, yep, that's pretty much it. So, um, no, but you have to have an understanding wife and, and those kind of things. So, yeah, I mean, it was Northwestern or it was Illinois, Nebraska two years ago. So, we don't have Nebraska on that that's week right. zero debut. It'll be. Notre Dame Navy is the first kickoff of the weekend, and it is, it is, we'll, it is. We'll get to it. We will, we will. Before we get into that, well, that'll be our next show. We'll talk all about Week Zero and predictions and prediction contest and uh, our um, breakdowns of those games. We'll talk a little Notre Dame football, but first, uh, this is going to be our our uh, predictions nationally for the season. Okay, for this show, we're going to go through the Power Five conferences, and we will predict. Who will be in the each league championship game and maybe make a, another prediction within the league, uh, independent of the, of the championship game. But uh, before we get into that, 
I want to introduce some Trochi trivia for this episode. I will ask you the question, and then uh, we will revisit at the end of the show, and you can give me your answer. And uh, I'm ramping up the difficulty here because it's you know it's been tough to stump you, um, but mm-hmm. we'll see what you can do here. So we're talking about conference championship games, right? Mm-hmm. There have only been two Power Five league championship games that have ever gone to overtime. Can you name them? There are hmm. only two in the history, which is pretty amazing because I was thinking it's got to be over 100 games. I mean, and they all have different numbers, but, I mean, the SEC started 30 years ago. Pac-12 was kind of late to the party. But I would say combined, there's probably over 100, uh, and only two have gone to overtime. So, Like all conferences? All conferences. Oh, like well, all Power five. Yeah. power 5. Oh, I was going to say. Um, just power five, mm-hmm. but I think there's probably been a hundred power five league championship games. And, uh, and like I said, two have gone to overtime. See if you can remember what those two were and kind of the circumstances surrounding those games. So, um, I know you, you, uh, you always put in a very good effort on these, so we'll see, see where it goes with that. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so let's start in the ACC, uh, you at sportingnews.com this week. We are running all our conference previews. Bill did a great job going in-depth, not just the order of finish, but transfers and impact uh, newcomers and, you know, just notes, news and notes to get you ready for the season. I encourage everybody to visit sportingnews.com and check those out. Uh, let's start in the ACC. Give me your ACC championship game in Charlotte. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're stressed about buying tickets or doing some last-minute ticket hunting to college football games, concerts, comedy shows, your favorite activities, game time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, 
Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code CFBNATION for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. And again, create an account and redeem code CFBNATION for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's gametime.co. Oh, I mean, I'm going to do what everybody else does. I'll, I'll put Florida State and Clemson, but it's tough because. They play each other. So, I mean, somebody could get in the way. And I I just think those are the two best teams. Those are the most talented teams. Clemson, Florida State probably being a little overrated. I mean, I'm saying that in a lot of hype around them. They've got to go out and prove it. And Clemson probably a little undervalued. People forget that they have Cade Klubnick, Will Shipley, a ton of NFL talent on their defensive side. So, yeah, I mean, the, that's the easiest pick is Clemson and Florida State, so I'll stick with that. Yeah, me too. I was looking around, but, you know, it's funny. Clemson has established such a standard that, they, like, quote-unquote, have been slipping down, and, like, you know, they were the ACC champs last year. And um, I, I don't think that they're going – you know, they – no one in the ACC has really caught up to them yet. Florida State's getting close. I like Florida State, too. It was hard to find a third team, especially the way North Carolina kind of collapsed a little bit down the stretch last year. Um, so, yeah, I agree. Clemson and Florida State. You got a, a prediction somewhere else in the ACC you want to throw out there? I mean, this was the one that I had trouble coming up with something that was, like, edgy or over the line. <laughs> I'll just say, I mean, I'm very curious – with Louisville and Brom and the amount of transfers they brought in. I think they, you know, their schedule is set up. We talked about them earlier in the season as like not a playoff crasher, but a team that I think will get your attention immediately because his offense is creative. I'm not saying, you know, they're going to turn into have Lamar Jackson out there by any means, but the amount of transfers he brought in, they're the team that fits that profile of a Michigan state TCU type, they're bringing in so many transfers that it's it's a bit of a game of roulette. But I'll just say Louisville's going to exceed expectations, maybe finishing. Did I put them in the top five? Because I don't want to say that I did and I didn't. I have them at eight, but I wouldn't be surprised if they finished in the top four. I will see them in person. Yeah. They, they open Friday night of Labor Day weekend at Mercedes-Benz Stadium against Georgia Tech. I will be there checking that game out, checking my daughter out in the Georgia Tech color guard. Uh, And uh, that should be a fun Friday night game to kick off week one. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Brom brings to the table in his debut. And then of course his debut season, everyone sort of assumed that Brom would end up at Louisville. He finally has, and now we'll see what it looks like. So that should be fun. I'm looking at Brendan Armstrong and NC state and seeing if he can recreate the magic he had at Virginia two years ago when he had the offensive queen of Robert Anae, uh, they were together two years ago last year. Anae left and Armstrong struggled mightily at Virginia, and now they are reunited at NC State. Uh, they do not have Florida State 
on their schedule. So I'm thinking NC State is a a dark horse for third place. I don't know. Did you have them? I had. I'm looking look here. I had them. Yeah, I mean fifth, but fifth. there's nothing to say that. Yeah, NC State couldn't be Pitt or North Carolina. I mean, they beat North Carolina, right? So they 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 could be a sleeperish team in that conference. There's no question, they especially are, they, if yeah. No, yeah, they've got a lot of experience back. They got they're an older team. Uh, and if Armstrong can, you know, Notre Dame better watch out September 9th. Uh, they have to visit Raleigh and that place is going to be jumping. And, you know, Notre Dame's got Ohio State later on in the month. They're, they've, right. They will have traveled overseas at that point. So that might be a, a one to keep an eye on if you're a Notre Dame fan that uh, someone might come up and bite you outside of the Ohio State Clemson USC group. NC right. State on the road would be one to watch. For sure. I mean, that's that's not bad. But so, yeah, I mean, we've got the same. So do we have to pick a champion or no? Uh, I, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I picked Florida State, but I, it's 50-50. Like I, that was the, the when we had all these previews at Sporting News this week, that was the one I probably wavered on the most. I originally had Clemson in there and then I switched it and I kind of want to now that I turned it in, I kind of want to switch it back. But well, it's going to be a rematch, you know? So. Right. So, I mean, like they'll figure it out, but I, I really think if you're betting on an ACC champ, you could go either way. And I, I, I mean, that's the one that I'm the most conflicted about because I easily, if Garrett Riley's a hit, Clemson will go back to the playoff. Could be. Yeah. That's a good point. That's, that's a, one of the many offensive coordinators to watch uh, that have moved around during the off season. Let's move into the big 12. Who is your, Final Texas-Oklahoma version, Big 12 uh, championship game to be played, I assume, in Dallas again? Yep. Yeah, yeah and they have Nelly at halftime. So it'll be, oh I think, Texas. I like Nelly. I'm a fan. Some of my okay. friends aren't. But he's, you know, he's aged, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> so have you. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> right. I listened to him in college, and I can still listen to him now. So um, Texas-Kansas State. I think Kansas State is a very good value pick. Tech, they are everything that Texas is not. They're not flashy. They run the football. They've got a coach that people probably barely heard of that has national championships, the FCS level. Um, solid program, well done. And I think Texas gets there. I think Texas will lose to Alabama and win the Big 12. I've kind of held on that line. I might as well go all in on it. Um, the offense is, is going to be a story. And I think Quinn Ewers is going to have a big enough year that he like like Steve Sarkeesian said at Big Twelve Media Day, if the pundits are right, then he's a first round pick. Well, I think he's going to be a first round pick with that arm talent, and um, even if he's not accurate, I still think he's going to be a first round pick because of the physical tools that he has. Last week, I took Kansas State as one of my buys, right in the top twenty five. I thought they were going to exceed their their over under. So Kansas State is one of mine. And then I'm going with Oklahoma. I am not going with Texas. Okay. I decided I was I I looked at the numbers, I looked at the history, and everybody's pointing Texas, Texas, Texas. And the, you know, it's Fe- Athlon magazine, the uh very respected. I like love those guys. They do a great job. They have the position rankings for each conference, and they have Texas number one across the board in every position. 
but um, I'm not falling for it. And the reason is that I looked it up 12 of the last 13 non-pandemic seasons. Texas has had four regular season losses. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they've had more talent than everyone in the Big 12 on several of those seasons. But they have four losses. The one season they didn't, they went 10-2 and two, and then lost in the Big 12 championship game to Oklahoma. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian has had a minimum of four regular season losses in every season he has coached at Washington, USC, and Texas, except the year he was fired at USC after five games, he was three and two. So he did not technically have four losses that season, but, um, that combination just worries me. I mean, Texas historically, they just haven't done it. And Sarkeesian has not done it. And so until they, you know, you stick with the until somebody beats Ohio State, I'm not believing it. I'm saying until Texas actually does break through, I'm going to go with somebody else. I think Oklahoma, you know, they obviously did not have a great season last year. Hopefully the, the Venables can make a jump from year one to year two. They've got their quarterback back. They obviously have talent. They always have had talent. Um, and I just, I think, you know, it might come down to that Red River game to see, you know, who comes in. I think Kansas State is a solid first and then second, third, Texas, Oklahoma. And uh, I think Oklahoma comes through. Yeah, they better make up that 49 nothing gap from last year against Texas. <laughs> that's a pretty big one. So, I mean, yeah, and that's kind of where I'm going with my prediction or yep. kind of off the wall thing is if Oklahoma doesn't do those things, the Josh Heupel talk's going to get real loud. And we alluded to that at SEC Media Day when mm. he brought up, I mean, they're going to the Tennessee's going to the SEC, but that is going to be, and I, you know, say, I, how many coaches have I seen it with? We had Isaiah Hull on yesterday. Uh, Jim Harbaugh heard that every year when he was at Stanford in the NFL. He heard Michigan talk. You know, when you have a guy that won a Jeff, Jeff Brom, we just mentioned Jeff, Jeff Brom. Brom just went there. <laughs> uh, Josh Heupel is going to get that question every single year. And if Oklahoma is eight and four, loses to Texas again, falls behind Kansas State, Kansas, et cetera, that talk's going to be loud because that's going to be who they're going to watch what Tennessee does because Tennessee has the most fun offense in college football right now. And they're going to want that at Oklahoma, which when they have that offense, they're pretty good. So I think that's going to get very loud. My other like lightweight, like, off the wall, as much as I hated on Kansas last year, I think Jalen Daniels has the potential to get to New York based on his numbers um, if he stays healthy. But uh, And they're another team that could be a, a Big 12 sleeper. Yes, definitely, definitely. My Big 12 prediction, Neil Brown is not going to make it to October. <laughs> They've got, they open with Penn State, then Duquesne, Pitt, Texas Tech, and TCU, all in September. I'm thinking one and four, and I'm thinking on September 31st, the morning after the TCU game, when they are one and four, West Virginia makes a change. That could be. I mean, yeah, it's a big year for them. And, you know, I, working on our week one picks, that Penn State game will be an interesting barometer because they're heading into a tough place at night, prime time. They did play up early in the season last year. They played well against Pitt. They lost, but – uh We'll see what kind of roster he has. That, that Penn State game will be the most visible of all of those, though. All right, let's move to the Big Ten. We published the Big Ten preview this morning. Uh, what is your 
Big Ten Championship, the pre-18 team Big Ten Championship. I'll stick with Michigan. I know the trendy thing to do right now is to be off of Michigan because for made-up reasons. Like, you can't (laughs) quantify the suspension being a distraction. Nobody can quantify that. Nobody can say, oh, that's going to be a distraction. You can't predict that. You can't can't predict that they have all of those NFL guys on their roster. You can't predict – they have the best offensive line in the country. And what is offensive line play travels? That's going to make the difference when they go to Nebraska and Minnesota and Michigan State and Penn State. And it's made the difference against Ohio State the last two years. So I think I got Michigan and Wisconsin. I believe it, big believer in Wisconsin, like big buy in there. I think Luke Fickle will have them going with the talent that he has. And there may be some blips and they may lose a game or two, but, uh, would create an interesting narrative, too, if Michigan plays Wisconsin. A couple of years ago, Cincinnati played Michigan when Fickle was at Cincinnati, and it was a competitive game. So, yeah, I, I think that's the easiest one for me to do is Michigan-Wisconsin, with the understanding that Ohio State easily could beat Michigan and be there, too. Right, right. So I bought into Wisconsin on our last show as well. I think, you know, I've been on big on Tanner Mordecai a long time ago, and you you, you had a chuckle that I, Tanner Mordecai yeah. could be a, 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 right. a Wisconsin quarterback anywhere near the Heisman Trophy discussion, but we'll see. I mean, it's just it's how long it takes for them to adapt to a completely new philosophy. There are people out there that believe that that's not going to happen, and there are people that believe that, yeah, they can make the transition. So that will be a fun one to watch. And then in, uh, coming out of the East – I'm going Ohio State. I know you're not going to like to hear that, but I'm going to go Ohio State. And that leads me into my weird Big Big Ten prediction is that Ohio State wins the Big Ten East, but only because of that weird round-robin tiebreaker situation with Penn State and Michigan. Uh, If Mm -hmm. Penn State and Michigan and Ohio State all finish with one loss in the conference and they all have beaten each other one-on-one and one-on-one and one-on-one, it comes down to the uh, strength of schedule of your Big Ten West opponents. Right. Okay. And looking at that, the Big Ten West, I think the teams that Ohio State plays will have the best record because they're the only one that plays Wisconsin and Penn State plays Northwestern. So that's going to pull them down, I would think. And then uh, I think. Michigan's are all kind of in the middle, the Big Ten West. I mean, yeah, like Michigan is going to pull for Nebraska and Ohio State's going to pull for Wisconsin, if that's what it comes down to. And if Wisconsin wins the Big Ten West, then that's, yeah, I mean, that that could tell. So under your play, though, I mean. It's a real thing. I think Penn State is going to go one-on-one against those guys. Yeah, I do. I don't know how it's going to show up. That would be look weird from the standpoint. So if you think Ohio State loses to Michigan and goes to Indianapolis – that'll be an interesting argument in November because I think it's going to, and we'll, we'll get back to that at the end of the show, but, uh, but um, yeah, I mean, so here's my other part of that. Okay. I think Michigan beats Ohio state. And then that's going to lead to the question, what happens to Ryan day? And I'll say it, not a, not a darn thing. I could use a stronger word. They're not going to fire him. <laughs> they're not going to fire him. They're not. And if they do, they're stupid because you would be making a, emotional decision based on one game and that's not how it's going to work in the 12 team era because you can lose a game and even if it's a big rivalry game and even if that game means more than anything else 300 i I don't need to complete the speech i've lived here my whole life it doesn't matter 
<laughs> it doesn't like who at one. You always ask these questions when you fire somebody. Who's going to be better? Who who are you going to hire that is going to be forty five and six? At that point, I think he'd be fifty six and seven, and have a loaded recruiting room. Maybe need to adjust some things, but yeah, I think they they lose to Michigan. And oh, by the way, Gene Smith's on the way out. Do you think Gene Smith on the way out is going to fire your football coach and hire the next one and then be blamed for on the way out hiring the wrong football coach if they do? It's just if you listen to the fans, you'll be sitting with the fans. And that's what I think Ryan Day's not going anywhere past this year. I think they could lose to Michigan and still get back in the playoff. So, I mean, that's my big People want to say he's on the hot seat and that's fine. But the second that they beat Michigan, he's the greatest coach in the world. And that's (laughs) the kind of, when you let your emotions govern your organization, that's not going to, that's not the way, even in college football where emotions are high, it's it's not the the right thing to do. So he's not going anywhere. Gotcha. All right. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Yeah. But I agree that I think the Gene Smith factors, it's weird timing for that whole thing in terms of trying to replace him. Should he, lose to Michigan again and, and and Ohio State fans are fed up. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. Let's go to the Pac-12. Our last Pac-12 prediction. Give me your championship game in Las Vegas. Uh, USC and Washington. It's Again, I take a lot of chalk in these because college football is chalk. I mean, there, there's that's what happens. So um, Caleb Williams, Michael Penix, again, unfortunately, it'll be a rematch because they play in the regular season. And this game could decide the Heisman. It could decide if the Pac-12 is going to have a playoff team. It should have a lot of fun offensively. Both teams' schedules are set up among those kind of top five contenders. Oregon could get in the way here, absolutely. Um, But I I like USC and Washington, and I think that would be a fun game because Washington's the only Pac-12 team to make the playoffs since 16. Oregon, of course, made it in 14. And uh, USC still looking for that first playoff berth. It'll be a lot of fun. So I went with Washington as well. And then I picked with my heart. Oregon State Beavers. Right. They do not have to play USC this year. So that's a little bit of an advantage in the schedule department. And, you know, they've got a ton ton of talent back. If DJ Uyunglele can actually play like he did, you know, as a as a reserve, basically, at Clemson when he was backing up Trevor Lawrence. He did a really great job, regressed a little bit. But if, if Jonathan Smith can make him into an elite quarterback, and I think, you know, there's a lot of spirit for Oregon State. Everybody feels bad for him. I think people are going to be pulling for them. I don't know if they're going to 
have this we uh, us against the world mentality. But if any team deserves to have an us against the world mentality, who's who's you know going for a championship, I think it's Oregon State, and they are going to be in the mix. They are you know a notch below. I will admit the the Oregon and Washington and USC, but you know maybe with a little magic, maybe with a little luck, maybe with a, a little us against the world, maybe DJ comes through. That would be so fun to see those guys in Las Vegas. Yep, and that's kind of my other off the wall prediction was I do it's not even a prediction I mean Oregon State's going to be America's team yeah <laughs> they're they're going to be this year's Kansas where people start rallying around them because they've never watched an, but again the cynic in me is like dude you've never watched an Oregon State game in your life why are you on this bandwagon now like you've never you, you don't stay up and watch them when they're playing cows so and why are you putting the t-shirt on now yeah, it's too little, too late. They're already out of the conference. Because they got hosed. That's why everybody then, wants to root for them. Everybody wants to root for the little guy that they never paid attention to. That's kind of my cynical view of it. But, no, they are talented. And Johnson, Jonathan Smith has built that program kind of year by year incrementally. And had the Oregon State-Oregon game on the other night. That was a wild game from last year um, as part of that countdown. So, yeah, and DJ's kind of the X factor. I mean, they've never had a quarterback with that kind of talent. I mean, you'd have to go back to, like, Derek Anderson, you know, they did have a really talented team that blistered Notre Dame in a Fiesta Bowl several years ago with, uh, I think they had, that was the one that had Chad Johnson, TJ Hush, Steven Jackson. I mean, they're not that talented. So, right. But they will become America's team. Yeah. They, they're going to be the adopted team in, in the country and whether or not that's enough to get to the Pac-12 championship, we'll, we'll see, but they are certainly capable. All right. On to the FCC. What is your championship? And uh, I'm guessing it's Georgia and Alabama. Yeah, there's there's no drum roll required here. It's it's Georgia <laughs> and Alabama. It's they both could make the playoff. It makes the most sense. Um, last year of the classic SEC, as we know it, and you know these have been the two dominant programs of the last several years. Um, trading dynasties, all those narratives around the program. Um, interesting tweet I saw the other day that got me thinking was said. Uh, if Jamison Williams doesn't get hurt, Georgia doesn't win the national title. If Marvin Harrison doesn't get hurt, Georgia doesn't win the national title. And I kind of thought about that longer than I should have. So um, <laughs> it'll be interesting. You know, I think Georgia will be undefeated. I think Alabama may have one loss here. So um, 12 and over, 11 and one. And here we go. I mean, they're playing for a, a bid to the college football playoff. It ought to be fun. Yeah, I can't imagine anyone's going to touch Georgia in the regular season, even Tennessee. Uh, the debate is Alabama on the other side. I like how all their big games are at home. Those, you know, Texas A&M is basically their only road game. Um, the LSU comes to town, and so that's going to help them. Tennessee comes to town. A little revenge factor, both of those games. So, yeah, I like Alabama and Georgia. Nothing new there. Should be another fun uh, championship game here in Atlanta. And, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see who wins. What uh, What's your SEC prediction? Texas A&M has the highest ceiling of any team in this conference. Like, because of Bobby Petrino, because of Jimbo. The highest because- ceiling of any team in the conference, meaning national championship. Like, they – I mean – for them, like Georgia and Alabama, it's granted. But like when you're talking about Tennessee and LSU and A&M and whoever else, Kentucky, you want to pretend like Kentucky and South Carolina are national championship contenders. Texas A&M ceiling, highest ceiling in terms of if they are what I think they could be, they'll go to a New Year's Day six bowl. 
Mm. Like they'll, they'll, you know, Connor Wigman, his, he could be really good. I've been on him for a year now. Um, Evan Stewart's really good. Ruben, but there's, you know, I looked, I was like I said, preparing week one picks. They didn't score 40 points in a game last year, which is just, just wild to me. So in their, in their opener against New Mexico, they're like 38 and a half point spreads, which by the way, when we get into those predictions, that's, I forgot how much I didn't have a countdown to how much I hate 35 point spreads because they're <laughs> hard to pick. And, but I think AM, you know, we forget the talent and they profile like TCU like did last year. If you were looking at Texas A&M's profile and you matched it to TCU in the preseason last year, you'd be like, yeah, it's about the same. So I, I think they have a high ceiling. Remember, I just remind people this all the time. Beat Alabama two years ago, played Alabama to the last play last year, and beat LSU. And yet we're not even handling. Hand, like destroyed LSU, by the way. And their schedule's not bad. So just and I know I know where this could go. It could go completely the other way. So they but maybe the best way to put it, Bill, is highest ceiling and maybe lowest floor of any team. Like they're they're that chaos team that you can't quite figure out. That's normally reserved for Auburn. Yeah, that's my extra SEC prediction. Texas A&M loses at Miami in week two. And you and I have a discussion on who <laughs> we can bring in from College Station to be a guest on the All-America podcast. Uh, to go a deep dive on the relationship between Jimbo Fisher and Bobby Pertino. <laughs> yeah, that'll be an early headline either way. Man, that was one of the ugliest games ever last year. So hopefully it's a better game than it was last year. All right, you want to give me your, your playoff and your national champ? I mean, same. It's chalk. It's uh, three Big Ten teams if you count USC. So I have USC, <laughs> Ohio State, and Michigan, which the odds of that happening again are slim, but I'm just looking at it from the standpoint. Whereas you think there'll be a three-way tie, I think Michigan and Ohio State are both going to go 11-0 and again, and they're going to play each other again, and it'll probably be close. Always Michigan, probably more pressure on them to beat Ohio State, but those two win – and then Georgia. So I got Georgia, high state playing each other again, Michigan, USC playing each other final Rose bowl. That'd be amazing. Um, Michigan, Georgia in the championship game, Georgia wins. And it's, I mean, yeah, you couldn't say way to go out on a limb, but I always tell people college football, you don't need to climb the tree because the favorites always win. There was a tweet yesterday, Bill, that only seven teams have been ranked number one in the college football playoff era. I found that so fascinating. There's only been seven. That should have been a good trochee trivia for you. Yeah. Um, Mississippi State being kind of the oddball. The rest are powers. Florida State, Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, LSU. That's it. So why would I go out on a limb on these predictions? I'm taking Georgia, and that's what I got. All right. Yeah, I've got, uh, I think, Georgia – Michigan and Ohio State, like you said, even though I have Ohio State getting to the Big 12 championship game, I think with Michigan only having one loss, I think they will still get in. And uh, so I said Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan. And then my fourth one, it took a little bit to figure out. I think I'm going to go Clemson, surprisingly. Even though they've got Notre Dame back on the schedule, they've got Florida State potentially twice. Uh, But, you know, maybe Garrett Riley and Cade Klubnick click. And like you said, if they do, this will be like one of their playoff teams. 
that they've that they've had in the past. And so. that's a, probably a safer pick than USC, honestly, because USC is going to have a tougher road. And if right. Clemson beat, so. yeah, Clemson beats Florida State at home. I always say like you can almost lightly pencil them in. So I, I do like that pick. I think Garrett Riley could be probably a if they do that, Garrett Riley will win the Broyles Award. Did he win it last year? He won it again. I, I can't remember who won it last year. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah. Um, so all right, before we get out of here, Trochi trivia. Let's revisit. Yeah. There have only been two Power Five League Championship games that have gone overtime in the history of league championship games that dates back to 1993, I think. Alabama-Florida SEC championship game was the first one in Birmingham. Uh, Only two have gone to overtime. Can you recall which two games went to overtime? I'm drawing a total blank, so you got me on this one. Um, I'm almost 100% sure there's never been a Big Ten one because they're always blowouts. Correct. Uh, they're actually so I can give you some hints here. They yeah, are, I'm gonna I'm drawing completely. It was, it, they're both in the same conference. Uh huh. And interestingly, they were 25 years apart. Okay. Oh, um, I got one. One was last year, so it's Big 12. So TCU, Kansas State, Kansas State 31, TCU 28, 2023. I got to go all the way back to 1997, or 2022. Sorry, 2022. So I made a mistake on the math. 24 years. So 1998, that feels like, did that game go overtime? Uh, Kansas State, right? And, and um, they knocked out A&M, no? Other way around. Other A&M way around. knocked Kansas State around, out because Kansas State had that Michael, Michael Bishop team. Yeah, so. Texas State, yes. 1998, Texas A&M right. 36, Kansas State 33 in double overtime. Double OT. Kansas State was ranked number three heading into that day. UCLA lost. So had Kansas State won, they would have played Tennessee in the first BCS National Championship game. That's right. That was but a they wild were day. Upset. Right. They were upset by the Aggies in double overtime. So, yes, so, that's, that's it. Those question. are your two overtime games. That was also freshman year of college, so I can <laughs> venture to guess where I was on that night. But – Probably that's probably why I don't remember. Um, but how yeah, weird they, would that have been? A, a, a Tennessee Kansas State national championship game that was one of the wildest days of college football. So yeah, that that makes sense. Um, thanks for helping me through it. I get a half credit because like yeah, TCU Kansas State is way easy. But then you go from there. I knew the big. I thought the question would have been how many, and I can look this up again. But how many games, conference championship games? This is a topic for another day. Have we had? since 14 where both teams actually could get in the playoff. And that number is very low. I assure you. So Mm -hmm. maybe I'll look that up for our listeners for next week. (laughs) All right. Very good. Well, thank you everyone for listening to the CFB nation, all America podcast brought to you by twisted T have enjoy the rest of your day and we will see you soon.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.